Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So you, you grew up in the 30s and the 40s and so on. Why don't, why don't we fast forward a little bit and tell us about, um, I guess, you know, just unfold the story of how you met Bill and um, uh, what your life was like. And, and somewhere there, there, there uh, apparently you two got saved because you started a Jesus bar. And so I'm assuming you got saved somewhere there too, right? Is that, you want to just tell that story to us? Okay. <laughs> Um, when I uh, was in high school, my mom worked at a little place down by Zoles on the south end called Hyman Cohen Clothing Store, and Bill worked there too. And I would go in, and, and, and I, at first I, I didn't like him because, oh. because my mom told me he was an only child, and I assumed he was spoiled. I was, I was very wrong. Wow. He definitely was not spoiled. And our first date was, we went to church on Christmas Eve. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Was, you wow. know what? You know the Lord was at work already then, because neither one of us knew the Lord. Mm. So. Okay. Wow. okay. Well, continue. This, this is you got a good start here. What, what happened you know, with, with you and Bill, and just how did it unfold uh, uh, your relationship, plus how y'all came into uh, to know the Lord? Okay. Well, first of all, he. Um, <clears throat> I was just sixteen when I first knew him, and uh, he um, he was two years older than me, and he went into the Marine Corps after. Um, <clears throat> It was the Korean War, and he was in the Marine Corps. And while we were we were engaged then, and um, on my sixteenth birthday, actually, wow. yeah, <laughs> and he went to the Marine Corps. And while he was in the Marine Corps, I worked at a bank, and I saved everything I made. I never didn't buy clothes, didn't do anything like that. And um, so when he came home, we were able to. Um, well, for a year we lived in his parents' house upstairs and saved our money, both of us, again. Were you living in East Peoria then? No, that was Bartonville. Okay, that's Bartonville. That was Bartonville. And um, anyway, we were able to buy a house and, like I said, just didn't know the Lord mm. until we were almost 30. Yeah, we were almost 30 when we came to know the Lord. And that was because he had a, my dad had a business, and my dad died, and, and Bill took it over. And um, we had uh, someone came in and uh, to have some work done. It was an industrial grinding business. And they said that they were back from uh, Peru. They were missionaries. And they were going to show us pictures, and they uh, invited us to come. And we did. And we got a relationship with them, and it wasn't too long before we both gave our hearts to the Lord. Wow. 
And then we went to Peru for a while, and I was actually baptized in a a drainage ditch in the Andes Mountains. Oh, my God. That explains everything. (laughs) That's amazing. So that's where the anointing came on your life. So we need to find out where this drainage ditch is and and go there, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, that's the source of holy water. Okay. So that was a whole, that that was so all of a sudden you're married and you're uh, you get saved because they visit your home they witness to you now I don't know a whole lot about your family so did kids come along did uh, grandkids come along could you just talk a little bit about them okay we have two children a boy and a girl and um, eight grandchildren and eleven great grandchildren. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. yeah. 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 Are they? Are some of them around the area? Or are they? Are they spread out everywhere? No, they're not around the area. Okay. My daughter lives in Tennessee, and my son lives in Florida. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's why you have Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was adopted. <laughs> So okay, then, then Joan. So so the, the the picture we have then is is you and Bill get saved. I'm assuming you you know you kind of settle maybe to a, a church home of, of and and you're kind of living the American life. Uh, uh, you have the small company. It sounds like that Bill was managing and running, and mm-hmm. and uh, children are starting to come along. Something happened then that took you into a whole different direction. Uh, so explain to us how, how that all unfolded. And what years are we talking about? Are we talking about like mid-60s right now, uh, late 60s, late 60s? Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Bill actually, while he was in, in the business, built our house, and he did everything except the plastering and the masonry. He did everything else. And... Um, we, uh, the little church we went to, three girls asked Bill if he would kind of teach them, and they came to our home. And this is some of the first group. It, it grew from those three girls to this, and then it got so we couldn't, we couldn't handle anymore. And they just kept coming and kept coming. They'd invite their friends, and they'd come. So the the people that led us to the Lord, uh, had a barn on their property, the Riggenbox, had a barn on their property, and they told us that we could use that barn. And so we did. We sold our house, and I had people tell me, oh, I feel so sorry for you. You had, you had to sell your house. Well, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't an important thing. And so we uh, had that barn, and it grew and grew and grew. It, it, we got so crowded that the kids were at the windows on the outside. And, of course, if this was on a uh, dead-end street, and so the parking was really, really hot, bad. And the neighbors didn't like it, which I don't blame them because it wasn't a good thing because we had so many young people coming. So here we pray, we prayed again, Lord, what shall we do? And um, so we began to look for a place. And I we had gross, bought our groceries in Morton, and we went through those tunnels. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at that 
house on the left, and I thought, boy, would that be a neat place. It wasn't for sale. So I went home and told Bill about it, and he said, oh, I'm going to find out if they'll sell it. So (laughs) it it was a Zobrist that owned the place, and so Bill, he said, yeah, I'll sell it. Now, is that the Lord or not? It's the Lord. And Bill said, well, I can't give you any money until I sell my house. I don't have anything until I sell my house. He said, that's okay. And we found out later that people somehow got the word, and people who were running restaurants came and offered him all kinds of stuff. He said, no, I gave my word. And he wouldn't. So that's how the the barn, the, the latest barn, came to be. And that everything about that whole place was a miracle. It needed a roof, and some bunch of guys came out, put a roof on, and one day we were outside, and this truck pulled up, and they said, uh, where do you want your septic tank? And Bill just kind of looked. He said, uh, I didn't order us. He says, we know. Where do you want it? Oh. We, we never knew. We never knew who did it. We never knew who did it. I, I have a million stories like that. We needed a stairway down the back for fires. And one, one uh, young couple that came, their dad came, built a stairway in the back. And it's just over and over and over. God was at work. It, it, this was God's ministry, not ours. It wasn't ours. It was God's. It's just, I, I just so many things that that God did. So, um, so now, in, in terms of context here, this is right as the Jesus People Movement is coming, uh, is is starting nationwide. Because uh, uh, I, I read, uh, you showed me the the article that 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 said that um, you organized in December of 1969, and, and it's like uh, 68 in California. All of a sudden. Uh, this, the, the, you know, these hippies and people are coming to Christ, and, and it's, it's just sweeping the nation. This is at a time when there's so much turmoil in the, in the country because of Vietnam, and, and the campuses were all on fire and, and everything. All of a sudden, God moves. And so can you speak to that just in terms of, of what you saw among the youth here in central Illinois, uh, you know, just how hungry they were, just what did you see, and and why were they coming to the barn as opposed to other churches? You know, kind of, kind of speak to all that. Well, this was one thing that Bill and I both, we, we, we didn't want to compete with churches. That wasn't our, our, our goal. It was to get young people saved and then go back to their churches. That was the goal. And uh, young people just... I don't know. It's because it was something different. Most of the churches didn't have anything for them, for that age group. And uh, so they would come there and, and uh, be discipled and grow and then go back into the churches. And that, that was the goal. And God did that. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up with where we're at on my questions. You're just filling in a lot of a lot of fun details. Well, okay. Um, so there was a lot of uh, miracles of provision at the Jesus Barn. Uh, a lot of young people. 
I'm just I kind of want to hear a little more like just it seems like it was sort of a things were going on in culture it was like there was this need for young adults to be able to uh, meet together and then all of a sudden there's this barn and it just all worked can you just kind of I know it's God we all know that but just Maybe fill in a few more details because I, it just seems like it all just kind of worked. And I just want to hear a little bit more about your perspective on that. And, and maybe just some stories of how people were touched or things you've heard. And then uh, I know we were talking downstairs. Uh, this couple right here um, came at a young age. They, they were a part of a band and, and have been kind of following you ever since. So, I mean, that's just it's just imp- impressive it's it's you don't hear of that and so just I just kind of want to hear more like what happened <laughs> yeah, I probably have a million stories but it, it when the young people came they had hearts to really know the Lord they, they to walk with the Lord and and grow in the Lord, I, there's one example, example, and this this happened over and over again. Uh, and I want to read this. This is a testimony of a 19-year-old girl who, in her own words, this is what she said: "It finally hit me that I had nothing to live for, no one to live for, no reason in life, no goal at all." I was sitting on the kitchen floor by the phone, shaking like a leaf and debating whether to kill myself or not. I had a razor blade in one hand and a bottle of whiskey in the other. I was petrified every minute of the day and afraid of everyone. I escaped by going into trances about every hour. One day, a friend was killed. I blamed and hated God. Everyone I saw, I wanted to kill. I rebelled in every way I could think of. I lit fires in garbage cans, tore up cars, slashed tires, broke into churches, tearing and ripping up Bibles and throwing them on the altars. I was running, 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 searching for love. I ran right into the barn. At first, I hated everyone there. But one thing I couldn't cope with was the love that they had for each other and for me. One Tuesday night, I realized no one could help me unless I helped myself. No one could give me peace but Jesus. That night, I talked with Joan and told her I had run out of places to run. Satan was ordered out of my body in the sinless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I prayed and invited Jesus to come in. As I prayed, I started to cry. And suddenly, I felt as if the whole world was lifted off my shoulders. The pain inside left. I was crying harder and harder. Man, I was happy for the first time in my life. I could feel God's forgiveness. I could feel his love inside of me. All the guilt left me, and I could feel Jesus holding my hand. I really can't think of anything else to say except that maybe I could sum up this whole thing 
by saying that once I was blind and now I see. We've seen that. And we saw that happen over and over again. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that those of us who had the privilege of being a part of, of the barn, that was a typical story. I mean, it's just these radical salvations. And uh, is there, there's a, such an openness and, and, and uh, quickness to turn to the, Lord, uh, to the Lord among youth. And, and, you know, I think one of the things, and maybe I'd like you to speak to this, is that um, uh, now in, in our day and age, it's very common to wear blue jeans in the church, uh, to have drums in the church. But this was cutting edge, and the barn was, uh, had drums. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and Bill taught in blue jeans. I saw him. Wow. So, so uh, that, um, uh, did that affect some of the, 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 the feelings of some of the churches? I mean, did you have some opposition or some resistance? or, or Yeah, just to speak a little bit to that, not that we're looking for you know, the name names or anything like that, but just, I just want folks to understand the, the, the cost it was to you and Bill in some of the, the ministry. Yeah, we had uh, some people tell us that their churches, and they warned their young people, don't go to that place. They have drugs there and all kinds of things. And that's some of the things that was, were being, Gosh. yeah. And, and we never, ever criticized the church. Come on. Never. And it's, it's, you know, the church is God's. And we never criticized the church. And we urged these young people as they grew to go back into the churches. And uh, after a while, uh, I think that sort of stopped. I think they kind of got the, you know, the truth. And I'm just curious, so do you, I know you probably didn't keep a ledger, but the amount of people that, or maybe you did, maybe the, the ledger guy's here, um, but do, do you know about how many people came? And, and I do want you to share, because this wasn't just like a once a month meet. this was three nights a week for 10 years, and I just kind of want people to know what you did on each particular night, how many kids were there, and, and maybe over the course of the years, how many were really impacted? Because I think that will help us understand, you know, it, it would help me understand just kind of the, the magnitude of what happened in the area a little more. I kind of wish I knew how many people. <laughs> right. I, I hear it, you know, I hear it all the time. People who came to the bar came to know the Lord at the barn. And I just, it just, well, let me, let me give you this, the, the three nights. Tuesday was discipleship. Thursday was Bible study. And Saturday night was the coffee house. And so we had nothing on Wednesdays, nothing. And it, it's, Bill was a teacher, and he, he just, you know, in, during all that time, he was, um, um, how, what do you call it when you get to your pastor? <laughs> he went to school and, yeah. <laughs> well, actually he did it uh, 
while he was doing all this, he didn't actually go there. They, uh, Moody had, you oh, could do it, yeah. Oh, correspondence. Yeah, correspondence, because he was so, he was doing that while he was doing mm. all this teaching, yeah. and I have tons and tons and tons of stuff, books of his teachings and mm. And that's, I'm just so thankful I just hold on to them. That's Bill still with me. Yeah. On, a, on like a typical Tuesday night, would you have 20 kids, 30, 50? Well, it, it built. Okay. You know, if, the, if, let's say at the height of it, what were, what were we talking here? Uh, well, we had a barn full, and I don't know how many that is. <laughs> a barn full. That, okay. So, but we're talking bursting at the seams on, on, for discipleship. Yeah. Bible study. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, they were hungry. They were really hungry, and I, you know, and they, and the thing is, they felt comfortable there. It wasn't. It was just relaxed, and comfortable, and and uh, we we had a lot of like on Saturday nights, a lot of the at that time, well-known uh, singers and groups and stuff that came to the barn. Yeah, so maybe that's something to, to kind of uh, touch more on because when you said uh, Saturday night was coffee house, it was basically, th- this almost reminds you of the barn, just this kind of setting, you know, and um, a little stage and probably a little tighter, but but um, that was close to about this size perhaps. A little bit smaller. Oh, no, the barn? Yeah. Uh, upstairs? Yeah. Uh no, I think it was a little bigger than this. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe not. Well, I, yeah, yeah, we had that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> measured and then we measured. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, again, th- th- this is, uh, uh, we take contemporary uh, Christian music. I mean, that's, that, that's, we take that for granted today. But that was back in the fledging times when, when the whole idea of, of Christian rock groups and so on was uh, uh, totally new and also resisted by a lot of the church. But, but like, like, who were some of the, um, uh, the groups that came through? Um, they probably don't know these. Well, <laughs> so, the, the, some of us will. So, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you if they were really good or not, okay? So. <laughs> Honey Tree. She was, she was top. Michael and John Talbot. Uh, maybe some of you remember. Dogwood? Dogwood. Dogwood. Wow. Okay. And I, we, at one time we had the group come and had to have it outside because they were so big. I think it was the second chapter of Acts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that was pretty, pretty cool. We had a lot of, a lot of powerful, just those, those pioneers of, of the contemporary Christian uh, music uh, scene. Yeah, I'm, I've got so many questions. Joan, uh, you know, this is something I'm curious about, but I think maybe some of the ladies uh, would like to hear, um, guys as well. But just, uh, you know, you talk a lot about your, your late husband, Bill, but certainly you had a role. We know you did all the heavy lifting behind the scenes. We know how that works. Can you just maybe describe your role in this and how you impacted both men and women, and because you know, there's always the the upfront, like you know, because I do teachings most Fridays, and then my wife answers all the hard questions. Uh, you know, people go to her. So, you know, what was kind of your um, your gig while this was going on? Maybe you could share just a little bit on that. It's just really hard to think about that. I, I, 
I don't know, I was just there when he needed me. And, and uh, I love these, these young people coming in. And that's one thing I want to say is the one mistake that we made, we didn't give our own children enough time. And that just breaks my heart. You know, as I look back, we... I'm going to tell you something. We were far from perfect. Far from perfect. God uses people. Um, Well, this ministry wasn't ours. It was God's. It was his. And we just were so privileged to be a part of what he was doing. I remember one time, I know where I was standing, Bill and I were standing, and somebody outside, and somebody came, this man came, and he said, oh, I just want you to tell me what you're doing. I want to just know how, you know, and I'll never forget what Bill said. He said, I'm not doing anything. God's doing it. And that's, that's, that's really, yeah, that was it. It was God. I mean, when I think how, you know, two unlikely people and God we were privileged to be a part of what God was doing yeah let me just comment on that I really appreciate you being vulnerable and and sharing those things I think certainly um, your humility to share that there were some things that you didn't do right but the, the reality is God doesn't call anybody who's perfect because no one is perfect except that there is a real perfect person up there running things but uh but he uses imperfect people and uh and so thank you for just acknowledging that there's never been a move of god you know by someone so perfect that god decided to use them he just uses weak broken people and uh thank you for saying yes you know with a family in tow i can relate to that certainly um, so, so they basically ran to you after the sermons to, uh, you know, get, get everything cleared up. Is that kind of how it was? <laughs> but, but in all, in all seriousness, you know, we know that, um, it, even within the big groups, there's the, the late nights, you know, and there's the, the phone calls on Tuesday or, you know, earlier Tuesday and, and uh, I know you were there for, you know, uh, you know, off the stage and, and behind the scenes and, um, I think some of that's the the unsung part of the ministry. Maybe just make a comment as to, you know, may, maybe not everybody knows that. Um, but maybe there's a comment you could share along those lines, or, or have I completely confused you at this point? <laughs> okay. Well, we know she speaks straight. <laughs> but, but for 10 years, basically, this went on. And, and we could tell all these stories, and, and you could share all these stories, but um, when did you and your husband kind of go, you know, this has been amazing, but I think like the Lord may be sending us in another direction. Did, did, did you have a sense years in advance, month in advance, Dane, like kind of talk about, okay, here, you know, we're sensing something, you know, you've done this for a while, and just speak to that. I'd be curious as to know that part of the story. Well, it wasn't wasn't an, an, kind of like okay, now you know, it was gradual. Mm. It was gradual, okay. and uh, we, um, you know, we 
just kind of it's still that thing of God was working and we were just holding on. And he um, came, I, know, I don't know, I know one of the questions on there was, you know, how, why did you, why did the bar and ministry end? Right. Well, I don't have an answer to that. Wow. You know, it's yeah. just rather that, you know, Bill, that we need to move on. Mm. And I think, we, I think we were seeing these young people going back to their churches. Mm. And that was the goal. Wow. You know, that for them to walk with the Lord. And that was why, uh, the, you know, the discipleship and, the t- and, and so they would be equipped mm. to not just know the Lord and that's it. No, but to go on and minister. Mm. And that was our goal. Um, I'm, actually, I'm going to go way back to the very beginning because okay. we, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is like a, uh, a flashback here, um, but uh, we really didn't delve into how did you uh, guys reach the point of of Bill saying to you, um, "I'm going to stop working. We're going to live by faith, and we're going to start this ministry." Oh wow! I didn't know and because uh, yeah, because he gave up, and you guys were all of a sudden you lost your income because you didn't go up and went full time. And so how did that, that, all that decision, how did that impact you? How did you work through that? Um, that that's a big deal. Okay. <laughs> I can remember, uh, you know, laying in bed and Bill talking about, you know, wanting to sell the business. And, and it, it, for the first time in my life, I felt comfortable you know I didn't you know we died my, my family was my dad had the business but we by a, by a long shot we weren't money people right. so, so you were com- you felt comfortable and now Bill's introducing this oh no I did not I fought it I said oh, okay. no I fought it because and that's why is because this is the first time in my life when I felt you know we were going to make it secure. Yeah, mm-hmm. secure. And I can't remember just what it was, but I remember coming to that place and saying, oh, I know what it was. I was having devotions one morning, and Bill was gone to the office already. And I just, the Lord just spoke to me, it's okay. And I called Bill, and I said, honey, I give up. <laughs> I give up, and that was it. Wow! From then on, if I had no, you know, I didn't feel bad about it. I wasn't scared. Nothing. I knew that God was in control. Mm. Mm. It was okay. And he sold the business to his partner, and we lived on seven hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, um, let's see what was it. A week, seven hundred and fifty dollars a week, or was it that much? I don't know. Anyway, very no, not very much. Wow! But we were okay. We never, never went hungry. Never, nothing. We were, you know, God just every step of the way, God took care of us, Mm. and and you know what? He's still doing that. Mm. I can't live without Bill Hartzell, Mm. but 
for 30 years, God has taken care of me. Yeah, I can I can ask a few more. You know, I wondered if before we you know get too far into the evening, uh, we will have to wrap up before midnight. No, I um, I make that joke way too much. I was kind of curious if there were a, a small handful of folks that just wanted to share from the crowd, um, maybe just a quick minute of I was at the barn and here's what happened to me. I would love to just even have them even say back to you just how much they appreciated what you did. Would anybody be willing to just say, hey, I went there when I was 18, this is what happened, and you know, it, would anybody be willing to, to speak to that? And not all at once. <laughs> anybody, anybody. Okay. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, just could you come over t- and then I'll just give you the microphone. I'll, I'll let you even, you could even sit if you want. But just, yeah, just share for a quick minute. I'd love to hear from a couple of you. And what's your name, sir? Um, Roger Greer from Mackinac. Okay, please share. Um, well, I have a pretty good idea why a lot of the people thought there's a lot of drugs going on in your place because there was a lot of young people like myself coming there that had done a lot of drugs. And, uh, uh, I was 16 and had smoked, well, quite a bit of marijuana and drank quite a bit of alcohol. Uh, there was an older kid in my high school whose parents died in a plane crash, and uh, he was two or three years older than me. And when he turned 18, he got like $150,000 from a settlement from the airline and bought a house, and it just became a big party house. You know, he just invited all the kids in the high school there and that just went on for well I probably participated in that for about a year and uh, there was a man I think it's about 21 George Williamson uh, who went to the Jesus barn quite a bit and he'd come to the Mackinac Dairy Barn every Saturday night and take quite a bit of abuse from us and and he'd always come with a big smile on his face and Talked about Jesus and invite us to the Jesus barn. You know, hey, you want to come to the, I'm going to the Jesus barn tonight. You want to come with me? Or I'm going to Jesus barn tomorrow night. You want to come with me? And finally, one Saturday night, I decided to take him up on it. Just kind of wore me down after a while. I was just curious, what, what is this? You know, he keeps talking about it. So went there, and, and uh, it was unlike any church service I'd ever been to. And, and, uh, absence of the drugs if you looked around you you'd think you were at a party you know uh just the type of people that came there and the type of music that was played and uh um just really opened me up to a whole new uh, realm of christianity and then that night i went home with george and spent the night in the church it used to be at the tuberculosis sanitarium outside of Mackinac, illinois it was called lily chapel and uh, Dennis Householder was there, and and uh, Bob Bame was there, and and George lived with those two guys. And what was the name of the guy that was the cameraman for the news? Skip Moore, Skip Moore lived there as well. So they lived in one part of the uh, uh, former tuberculosis sanitarium, which was now a church. And then mm. the young pastor and his wife, Guy and Judy Founts, lived uh, on the other side of the upstairs, and. Um, the the four guys living there, a couple of them played instruments, so they played music well into the night, and and uh, 
that morning, then I, since I woke up in a church, I went to church then, and the guy gave quite a compelling altar call, and I went forward, and then wow. shortly after that, I was baptized in Heritage Lake, and then went to Jesus Barn several times after that. Thank you for sharing that. And, and your name is, young lady? Um, yeah, go ahead and tell us. I'm Elaine. I used to be Peyton. Now I'm DeVries. Um, I don't think I can follow Roger's story. That was great. <laughs> What's kind of neat is a lot of us that went a lot of the time, we missed each other. Mm. So that means there was like a constant flow of new people and old. And it was just really... A, what I really wanted to tell you was that Joni loved everybody and so did bill and that and she doesn't think she did anything in the ministry but she just loved us and we could always get a great big hug from her and she loved me like i was her own and we she is my second mother spiritual mother and i just thank them so much for my their influence in my life and uh, i'm married to a pastor now i have four kids five grandchildren, and live in Indiana. But we still have a close relationship, and she loved everyone. And George had a great smile. If anybody knew George Williamson, that's a thing you'll remember about him the most. And there were so many wonderful people there. And and when they told about how they used to be doing drugs and and such, and I was like a goody two-shoes. I never did anything wrong. (laughs) But I still needed a Savior, and that was... I knew the Lord before I started coming to the barn, but it just really helped me grow. Mm. And knowing all the wonderful people that I met, and it, it was just a wonderful part of time. And we really got some great groups that came in. And I, I went to ICC, and one of my classmates was older than me, and I invited her to Dogwood, and she came with her husband, and she says, he feels naked, he doesn't have any facial hair. <laughs> Because everybody had a beard or a mustache oh, wow. or both, <laughs> except for the girls, of course. But anyway, <laughs> oh. we hope so. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Come on up. Just tell us your name and your story. This is fun. <laughs> okay, I'm Bob, and this is Julie Koch, and um, formerly Julie Gill, but. Uh, we both accepted Christ before we went to the Jesus Barn. Uh, she started going in 76 after a uh, uh, broken, engagement. broken engagement. That's right. Didn't know how to say that exactly, but not with me. Somebody else. And uh, I accepted Christ in 76 and started going to the Jesus Barn in 77. And the two of us met up. We kind of knew each other through different things in previous years, but really start dating uh, uh, from the Jesus Barn. It was Thanksgiving break time of 77, and Sammy Tippett was speaking. And I still remember one of the things, uh, I still remember several things from there. Um, Talked about, um, you know, well, I'm doing okay under the circumstances. And he said, and I remember this very clearly, he said, what are you doing under there? With God's help and the Holy Spirit, you shouldn't be under there. And, uh, that was, that was one thing I do remember. Um, he also said, uh, talking about, I think it was preaching, talking about James and prayer. And he said, 
Isaiah was like one of us. He said, in other words, he was a ding-a-lang. So he was just, <laughs> I, I remember that phrase. Um, but we started dating, and um, Bill and Joni just had such an impact on our lives. Um, even though we grew up in Christian homes, just a tremendous impact. And um, we uh, were baptized there. You had talked about numbers and concerts. There was the big concert in 78. I think it was around 4th of July. It was hot that day. Terrible hot. hot. And as I recall, there was an estimated like 900 people in the crowd. And um, I will tell you, Joni, that uh, Bill, you know how in the Old Testament, you know, it said God changed his mind about things with the Israelites? Well, God, or uh, Bill changed his mind with something with us because we were getting baptized that day. And originally, Bill said, you guys have testimonies, right? Yeah, 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 we have testimonies. He goes, I'm going to have you give them. And then at the end, he's like, or two weeks before, he's like, nah, nah, don't worry about that. Don't worry, we got too much already. So I thought, okay. So with 900 people, including a bunch of my college friends, um, that day, Bill gets up in front of the whole crowd and said, yeah, we're going to have this couple is going to get baptized, and if anybody else wants to, and why don't you guys come up and give your testimonies? <laughs> and we were, neither one was used to public speaking, so, so I have no idea what was said that day. But uh, uh, we were baptized that day, and um, to tell you how much of an impact they had on our lives, um, 42 years ago and 17 days ago, we were married at the Jesus Barn by wow. Brother Bill. Wow. A very special day. Wow. And... Um, yeah, Joni's love, and both of their, their love for people, their love for God, and just letting the Holy Spirit work through them. Every time we saw them, it was just a, a, a special time. Probably the, the most, uh, besides my dad, probably the most impactful spiritual teacher or leader I ever had in my life. So... Thank you. Thank you. I'm still nervous about it. Thank you for sharing that. Come on up here. So it sounds like God was moving, but there was also some romance moving. I'm starting to pick up on this theme here. <laughs> but that is, they, they go hand in hand quite often. Share your name with us and then uh, just what the Lord uh, did to you at the Jesus Barn. Okay. I'm Patty Ricca. I was a Corey back then. And in January of 74, uh, my older sister took us because um, she tried to explain being born again to us. And I thought I had to become a nun. So I was, eight, I was 18 and I, I, I said, it sounds right, but I'm not, not yet. So she said, well, just come to the Jesus Barn with us. And so we went. It must have been a Saturday night. It was, I don't know that, I'm assuming. It was a huge crowd. It was packed full. So however many people this would fill wall to wall, I could see in during worship, everybody had something in their eyes I didn't have. I could see it in them. Their hands were all raised. I was raised Catholic. They were all worshiping God with their hands raised, and I could see it in their eyes. And I thought, I need what they have. And then when, I guess it was 
your husband gave the altar call, it felt like somebody reached down from heaven and yanked my hand up. I didn't even, I didn't even feel like I raised it. I felt like it was yanked up. And then they asked everybody to come upstairs to the loft who had raised their hands. And they prayed with us. And my two younger sisters and cousin, who all received the Lord at the same time, were crying. I didn't feel anything, but I knew I did what I was supposed to do. I got home, and my boyfriend tried to, um, we were talking to him on the phone, and I was telling him what happened, and he tried to talk me out of it. Long story. But I said, I have to have what God has for me. And then the next, and I hadn't felt anything the whole time. But the next morning I woke up, and I sat straight up in bed and said, Jesus, you're in me. It's like the light, like sunlight was in me. The sunlight was in me, and it was the sun. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Anybody else want to share something briefly? There's always one that hesitates, and so I I have a heart for that one. Anybody else? Okay, yeah, Bob, you're up here, so just go for it. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, well, let me just share a a couple things here real quick. um, But uh, I got saved when I was a... in high school as a senior, but I fell away and just my life was a mess and uh, kind of went away from, I grew up in Chillicothe, uh, but kind of went away from home and, and spent about five months uh, on the East Coast. Just my life was a mess. I came back, uh, um, it was the, uh, January 1977, uh, and um, my friend Mike Starn said, Hey, I want to take this place called the Jesus Barn. and uh, it was the first Saturday in January 1977, and took me there, uh, dragged me there. And um, uh, Sammy Tippett was preaching. And it's like, uh, you know, this place was packed with all these young people, but it's like uh, Sammy's just talking spe- directly to me. And um, uh, when he gave the invitation, I went right forward, laid on the floor in a fetal position for a half hour while the little teenage girls were praying over me. And... <laughs> and <laughs> And, but I, I got up knowing I was forgiven, knowing that I loved Jesus, and I never turned back from that point. And, um, and then um, uh, one month later, February 10th, uh, I've shared the story before, and some of you uh, uh, knew, uh, know about this, this baptism service. It was February 10th. Um, uh, uh, they're having a Saturday night. There's going to be a baptism, baptism service. They had the horse trough out there, the famous horse trough. And two people were going to be baptized that night. And Bill gets up and preaches, and, and he's talking about baptism and the need for baptism and so on. And he says, hey, uh, you know, we got two people who are scheduled here, but anybody else? Anybody else want to be baptized tonight? And two more people raise their hands. And so they come up and get in, uh, get in line behind the, the original two, and Bill preaches some more. And, he, and, he, and he's uh, talking about baptism, the need for baptism. And I'm feeling something stirring within me that, uh, no, i got to get baptized. I've never been baptized. And so, so he asks again, uh, anybody else? I get baptized. I raise my hand. Someone else raised their hand. We get up in line. Uh, Bill just keeps preaches some more. Uh, gives another call. Four people get up, and then sit. it goes. By by the time we're finally done, fifty three people were lined up for baptism. Fifty three, and, and, and Joni's shown me the, showed me the. Uh, we all had to sign our name on this notebook, and and so she showed me a photocopy of it. My name is number six there. Yes, and. Um, yeah. 
but um, uh, but it was it was you know this this is like the coldest night of the year, uh, and we're all getting baptized in our street clothes, you know, and 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 furthermore, we're all wearing like heavy sweaters and corduroys, and so when you baptize somebody in there, they take two gallons of water out with them. And, and by the time we got down to like the last 10 people, five people, there was enough water. Bill's pushing them down. They're trying to get them baptized. <laughs> and Joni, Joni's running around. And, and she's running around finding towels. I think she went, went door, next door. So she's bringing little hand towels, whatever she could find. Because all these people are going to baptize. And it's just this big celebration. And it was just an amazing, amazing night. That's the kind of stuff that would happen there. You know. Yeah, and um, uh, j- let me just say one more thing. Um, years later, my wife and I we served in Japan as missionaries. We were there for about eleven years, and we had a, a young guy named Sakurai Kun, uh, Sakurai San, who um, uh, were men- got saved, and we were mentoring him and so on. Uh, that and we left Japan in nineteen ninety four. We went back in two thousand eight, and uh, Sakurai Kun, just like fourteen years later, now he's he's a teacher at a Japanese high school and he started a Christian club in that high school sort of a mix between Young Life and InterVarsity uh, and uh, their uh, Japanese teenage students are getting saved those students would not be getting saved if it wasn't for the fact that Sakurai-san got saved in our ministry uh, he wouldn't have got saved unless we were there in Japan and had a place there. I wouldn't have been in Japan if I didn't have a place back in 1977 where I got saved. My life turned around. The Jesus Barn would not have been there had not Joni said yes to Jesus. Go ahead, Bill. Sell the business. Our, our decisions um, have so much at stake. There's so much legacy that's there simply because of a yes to Jesus. We never know how many generations and how many people are going to be impacted by our simple yes to Jesus Christ. And so when the Lord Jesus asks you to do something that seems hard or impossible, you have no idea the number of lives that will be impacted because of this. You know, when Bill and Joan stand before the Lord Jesus Christ on that day when they're going to receive rewards, it's not going to be just the lives that were changed there. It's going to be the generations. It's going to be the family trees that were turned around because someone got saved there, and now their kids are living for the Lord, and their kids' kids are going to live for the Lord, all because two people said yes to Jesus. I want you to know that. Yes, sir. We do have to begin to land this plane here. Joni, uh, gosh, I called you Joni. Joan, <laughs> I don't know if I'm at that place yet. Maybe I can be at the end of this. I heard everybody call her Joni, and it just slipped out. Uh, my apologies, ma'am. Oh, okay. All right. I, Joni. Um, as we start to conclude, is there just anything on your heart that you wanted to share? Maybe just coming into tonight, not not an you know an answer to a question, but just something that you, you know you would want to say to everyone. Well, one one thing that I, that I didn't didn't share is that they we had the teaching, but these young people went out on the streets, and we had um, I went through them. Um, Newspaper, and they passed out newspapers. You guys would print those yourselves, wouldn't you? 
Well, not these. Okay. Yeah, th- these. Later, we somebody we had a printing press, and I don't know where it came from. And <laughs> and I asked a lot of the guys that were there then, and they don't remember who gave it to us either. But anyway, we had one, and we we printed this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We printed this one. And all kinds of tracks and stuff that were passed out when the when the young people went out on the streets, and you know we wouldn't be able to allowed to do that now. I'm sure we couldn't, but we did. And I mean, these kids. My my son was just young, and he went out with all these guys on the streets and and passed out newspapers and tracks and all kinds of things. So it wasn't just the teaching. They lived it out. Yeah. Wow. They were discipled. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I kind of want to go a lot longer, but I, I know we do have to <laughs> get, get closing up here. I think what would be really neat is if we just took a moment to pray together. Um, Joan, I, I would just thought it would be neat if you could just pray over this group and and those of us gathered i'm not sure if my phone's still working if we're still on facebook live is it still good okay wow uh the lord extended that battery life somehow um but if you could just pray over us and then what i thought is if we could just even get into some groups and just uh kind of close the evening praying you know into what maybe the lord's doing in your heart um i just thought it'd be neat to end on on a kind of a note of prayer uh, we so want to see the Lord move like he did, you know, back in those days. And sometimes I think we just got to look back and see he didn't just do it out there. He's doing it right here. He's He's been faithful to move right here in central Illinois. And I think we want that today so much. And so, you know, this, this kind of gives me faith for what, you know, the Lord can do and and like you said earlier, Bob, we don't want an exact replica, but we just want the, the thing God wants to do now. But kind of there's this sense that, you know, something like the Jesus Barn days, there's a sense that it needs to happen again, where there, it's just so clearly God. You know, we, we are, uh, this building is where the garage ministry met and Nancy Schneider, and there's a lot of history there. <clears throat> yeah, and so there's just been these waves, you know, the Jesus barn, the garage, and we just, we need that that next wave, so to speak, and, you know, just whatever the Lord wants to do, And um, but I, I just want to thank you, Joan, for just kind of giving us faith for that, whatever that is, and, um, and hopefully this isn't the last time you're at this house, because, you know, we got to draw some more out of you, but please do pray over us. And, uh, and then I'm going to just have all of us uh, get together here after that. But, but please do, um, just as the Lord leads you, pray over us, please. Oh, Father, we just come to you because we need you, yes. Father. And thank you so much for how you work, Lord. Thank you uh, for, for this ministry, Lord. And I just pray in Jesus' name, that you would use this ministry in a mighty way. And, Lord, your way, yes. your way, Father, uh, not, like, that doesn't have to be the way it used to be, but a new way. God, you make all things new, 
Father. And so I just pray and pray over this ministry, God, that you would use it in a mighty way. God, give the leadership your wisdom, your heart, Father. Oh, God, you're not done. Yes. You're not done. You're still working, yes, God. Sir. And I just just pray that you'll use this ministry mm-hmm. in a mighty way mm-hmm. to bring honor and glory to you and people. People will come to know you and be ministered to and be discipled, Lord, and sent out. So, God, may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, God. Yes, God. Amen. I love how you said you're not done. Because we know after the barn was, quote, done, God wasn't done. And he sent you to your next assignment. So we'll, we'll hear that story next time. But uh, God's not done with any of us. He, he's, if we're alive, he's, he's not done in our life. Let's take a moment, just maybe two or three people on either side of you, maybe by row or just grab someone near you. Let's pray into uh, what God's doing here tonight. And um, I'm just so, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't mean to, to, to do that, but I, I have a sense too that there might be some people in the room that maybe some of the younger folks and so on that, that you know, God stirred your heart and you have a vision right now for your generation and so on. Uh, I, 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 I think it might be um, it might be good if before you leave tonight that Joni that you could pray over yeah. some individual people. I mean that that you know that you can come and just that 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 you could just because there's a sense you know we use different uh, words but there's a sense where you have a mantle of ministry yes. on you for the for for uh, a, a young generation. And there's, I believe the spiritually there's things happen when there's kind of a, a, a passing of that mantle or, or a release of what you carry onto somebody else. And so, so if that's okay, if, if there's somebody that, that you feel like God's called you into, you know, that just ministry um, right now, that, that you'd be willing to pray over them? Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Yes, yeah, amen. I second that. If you want Joan to pray for you, please don't miss out on that opportunity. And, but let's, if we could, get together. We'll say a prayer here as a team. We'll, we'll be a team of three, but please, just to your left or right, let's just end the night praying into what, what God is doing here tonight. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.